Well, I have my notes on like everything from ice cream sticky notes to everywhere. So hopefully it'll all come together nicely. You can just set it right there. Thanks. I am really, really, really excited to share with you what the Lord has been speaking to me. And like, hang on to your seats, get ready, because I think, I know, I don't just think, I know that God wants to do something incredible in your heart this morning. Not just in mine, not just in Kim's, but in in your heart, in everybody's heart. And so I'm really, really, really excited to share with you. Um, Part of this message has been coming to me since October. And can I just say that it means way more to me now um, after three months than it did then because I had no, no idea. I had my own interpretation of what it meant. And that's not what it was. And then you're kind of disappointed. And then when the Lord brings it back and you realize that it was for now, it means so much more. So we're going to start in John 10.10. A lot of you probably know this verse. Can I just say I have good news for us this year? Isn't that good? Last year was a little rough, in my opinion. I don't know about, I know for a lot of you it was rough. So John 10.10, 10, this is talking, Jesus is talking about him versus the thief or the enemy. All right, so it says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Or some translations say, a rich and satisfying life. And, you know, we, we've watched the enemy working in our camp, in our family, all year, all year long. He's come and he, he's stolen health. He's even stolen life from some of us. He's killed passion and joy and dreams, and he's destroyed relationships and confidence and sometimes when we get, we start experiencing all of what the enemy has done, we just get stuck and remember all the enemy has done. And we forget that there's a big, huge but in the middle of scripture, B-U-T. But God, but I, you know, this is Jesus talking, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, a rich and satisfying life. And I know most of you know our story. Our family's had a rough year. Most of you have had a rough year too that I've talked to. And a couple months ago, man, I was just thinking, What more can be taken from me at this point? What more? Like, you've taken everything. You've taken my vacation. You stole my joy. My mother-in-law. You've taken, you've taken everything. So, and, and I think sometimes it's just easy to get stuck in the place of, this has been done to me. And it feels really bad. We're really aware of all those things. And the Lord is just reminding me 
but I have come. And you know, even if you don't put to have life and have it to, to abundance, but he has come. And he is here. And he's come to do something powerful in us. We went and watched the Voyage of the Dawn Treader movie. Um, it's based on the, yeah, John Poe's excited. Um, it's, it's a pretty good movie. And there's this part at the end that got me. And Aslan is kind of like the God figure, and he's this incredible lion. And even if you don't like the movies, like I was getting really tired. There's this sea monster, and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm like done with the movie. And then Aslan shows up, and you're like, you just love him. And he's talking to Prince Caspian, and he's giving him a choice. He's giving him a choice to enter into Aslan's country or to stay where, where he's been appointed king with all the Narnians. And he's going, man. He's going to go to Aslan's country. And all of a sudden, he stops and he says this, something like it. I can't remember it exactly. He says, you know, I've spent my entire life searching for what was taken from me instead of living with what was given to me. And that that became so powerful to me because I thought, how many times do we, we, we get so devastated by our losses and by the things taken from us and we just focus on those and we think, if I can just get this back, you know, Lord, why did this get stolen? And you know, you've had the, don't tell me I'm the only one, you've had these conversations with God where you're only talking about what's been taken from you. Anybody else in here? You know, like, I don't, I know that, but you came, but look at this, you know, this was taken and I want it back. And we try our hardest to, to, to just search and replace what was taken from us. And the Lord is saying, but I've given you this. I've given you this. And so I think that it's, we're just going to move into a season as a church where we, where we're going to stop saying, look at all this in my life that's been destroyed and taken and all of these things. And we're going to start being aware of what is living in us, who is living in us and what he's given us. And what I'm hearing the Lord say is that for every D, D-E, word that has come into our life, so I'm talking devastation, Um, destroy, things that have left you desolate, if you've been deceived, all of those D words. For every one of those that we've experienced, he wants to put a re word, an R-E, meaning restoration, rebuilding, replanting, refreshing, releasing, reestablishing, reviving, repairing. You see, you get the idea? So we're going to look at some scripture today um, that's going to show us that. I've just been really enjoying the scripture just in the last several weeks. Um, let's go to Ezekiel 36. I just really enjoy Ezekiel. If you've never read it, it's a really interesting book. Ezekiel is a really cool, powerful guy, but he, is, he does some weird things for the Lord, but it's really cool. God shows him some interesting stuff. Ezekiel 36, we're just going to start in verse 1. 
and this is the Lord speaking to Ezekiel, son of man, prophesy to Israel's mountains. Give them this message. O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Your enemies have taunted you saying, aha, now the ancient heights belong to us. Therefore, son of man, give the mountains of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. Your enemies have attacked you from all directions, making you the property of many nations and the object of much mocking and slander. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. He speaks to the hills and mountains, the ravines and valleys, to the ruined wastelands and the long deserted cities that have been destroyed and mocked by the surrounding nations. And this is what he says. My jealous anger burns against these nations because they've shown utter contempt for me. Therefore, prophesy to the hills and the mountains, the ravines and the... This is really repetitive, but I promise you we're not going to read the whole chapter, okay? Uh, Therefore, prophesy to the hills and the mountains, the ravines and the valleys of Israel. This is what the Lord says. I'm furious that you've suffered shame before the surrounding nations. Therefore, and he's saying, look, I'm going to do something about this. In verse 8, but the mountains of Israel will produce heavy crops of fruit for my people. For they will be coming home again soon. See, I care about you and I will pay attention to you. Your ground will be plowed and your crops will be planted. I will greatly increase the population of this land. So let me tell you what's happening here. Israel, God's people, God's people are all in Israel and then they start, they're worshiping idols. There's all this stuff going on. And long story short, they're taken into captivity. So all of God's people have been scattered all over these places. And Ezekiel is getting this prophecy from the Lord saying, I'm going to bring you back and you will be reestablished here on this land. So that's kind of what's going on here. Sometimes You can only read mountains and hills and ravines and valleys for so many times before you're like, what is he saying? Um, So that's that's what's going on. And so he's speaking to the land saying, the people are coming back. You will produce crops and all of those things. If you jump down to 25... This is the Lord talking about his people. And, and in between all those scriptures, the Lord keeps on saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Not because you deserve it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for my name. I'm going to do it because you're my people, because I love you. So verse 25, then I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and obey my regulations. And, you know, what I love about reading the Old Testament, is it such a beautiful picture of Jesus. You know, Jesus, Jesus came and he died. And when he died, man, he already sprinkled us, he cleaned us, he gave us the new heart. But there are some times that we get stuck in our old ways and we have these, these issues, you know what I'm saying, these behavior things. And, and the Lord wants to come in and he wants to just say, 
let me, let me take you to this place. Does that make sense? He wants to deal with some of our, our heart issues. Verse 33. This is what the sovereign Lord says. When I cleanse you from your sins, I will repopulate your cities. The ruins will be rebuilt. The, few, the fields that used to lie empty and desolate in plain view of everyone will again be farmed. And I will bring you back. People will say, this former wasteland is now like the Garden of Eden. The abandoned and ruined cities now have strong walls and are filled with people. The surrounding nations that survive will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruins and replanted the wasteland. For I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do what I say. I love this scripture. I mean, I don't know if anybody else, I just love this passage. I read Ezekiel 36 like a lot, like all the time. And it speaks so deeply to me. I just love, I love just worshiping Jesus because he came and he did this, you know, he fulfilled all this. But I also get so challenged to say, man, God, you know that, that way that I'm living in that, that, man, that's not obedient to you. And I'm going to change that. I'm going to be renewed and refreshed. And I think that this year is a time where the Lord wants to bring in something refreshing for our church. He wants, he wants to bring something that, that refreshes our soul, that refreshes our minds, that refreshes our heart and our, our bodies. Because man, I don't know about you, but I am tired. I've been tired. We have been fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And I think it's time. I, I talked to one of the elders and they, they said the same thing. Man, there's a refreshing that's coming here. There's a refreshing that will take place here. So hang in. JD, thank you for your word, man. Even though we don't see the rain yet, if we can see that little tiny cloud, we're, I'm telling you, there's something on the way. There's something on the way for you, for us as a family, and we are going to be refreshed. We are going to go to new places. It is good. What is on the way is good. Let's go to Isaiah 61. I did history lessons this week with John. I've never been to Bible school or whatever, so I was like, I just need to understand what's going on here. Like, Ezekiel and Isaiah, I'm like reading things that sound a lot the same. What's going on? Well, in fact, they're talking to the same, the same region that's in captivity. So Isaiah and Ezekiel really close together, prophesying to Israel during the same-ish period. Right, John? Judah. 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 Same, same people, same time period or close. This is also another one that I really like that's probably sort of familiar to you guys, maybe very. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim the captives to be released, and the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning or the oil of gladness 
for those who mourn, festive praise instead of despair, or a spirit of praise instead of heaviness. And in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of nations and boast in their riches. And instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. One thing that I, I, I began to think about is when we face hard times, when we experience defeat, desolation, destruction, devastation, all those D words, it's a natural response and reaction to think something should be done about this, right? I mean... Pretty much, you experience something, you think something should be done. Something needs to to be done to help this feel better. And for some people, for a lot of people, our immediate response is to, I'll take care of this. Right? Am I the only one? Don't worry, I've got this under control. I'll just take care of it. And so we begin to look for our own rewords, to fill our lives. Maybe you experience something that's been destroyed and it's just so hard, it's painful, whatever, so you just relocate. Isn't that a good one? That's really hard there. And instead of, you know, it's going to be so hard to deal with it and I need to feel better, so I'm just going to relocate. Anybody? The Lord's not calling us to relocate. He's calling us to rebuild. Now, I'm not saying that there's not situations or whatever that God doesn't ever call you to relocation. Get me with that. But what I'm telling you is sometimes when we take it into our own hands, we'd rather just leave, move on, go to something different, whatever the situation is. But God's not telling you to relocate. He's telling you to rebuild, rebuild it. The other thing we do is we find free refills. How many, I enjoy restaurants that come with free refills. I don't know about anybody else. Praise the Lord for free refills. Thank you, Jesus. We'll just break out in song right here. Um, but I'm, but seriously, everybody starts getting nervous when I break out my pitcher. We, we decide we've experienced complete devastation. We're desolate. We're, there's all these things that have gone wrong. We've been destroyed. We feel completely defeated. And so we just decide, oh, if I just do this, it's going to make me feel better. Does anybody else do this? This is natural. So you begin to fill it up and you're just like, Oh, can you feel it? 
there's something in me and it's making me feel so much better. But there's a leak in your cup because you've been destroyed, because whatever it has been has been destroyed. So then it feels real good for a second, and then you decide, I don't feel happy anymore. I'm just, I've just been reminded of all those D things that happen in my life. So maybe if I do this, you know, so this is what I'm talking about when I say you go for free refills. So how many of you, you go to a restaurant and you have to pay for your refills, you value your drink a little more. Anybody? I'm not so careless with my drink if I'm paying for my refill, you know, I just like sip on that baby all day long. I save it, you know, because I paid for my refill. It cost me something. And sometimes the refill that we're looking for isn't going to come from our own hands. Nothing we can do, nothing that we can stuff in our life, nothing that we can run to will ever keep us full. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is a cheap refill, free refill. Sometimes when we're called to rebuild and replant and reestablish, it costs us a little something. Maybe, maybe it just costs you some pride. Maybe it costs you some comfort. You know, those things, those situations. But it's worth it because the cup is repaired and can hold the water. So we're not responsible for filling our lives with what we think is satisfaction. We want to value our refills. And I believe in these scriptures, what I got from Ezekiel 36 and Isaiah 61 is there's this beautiful picture of the Lord touching the heart of his people first and then the rebuilding the replanting, the re-everything. And so I believe that intimacy will unlock the re-words in our life. There is nothing we can do in our own power that will be very lasting to unlock re-words in our life. But an encounter with Jesus, intimacy with him, hearing his voice, experiencing his love, being in relationship, relationship with him, reconnecting with Jesus. And that's when, you know, Ezekiel 36, I will sprinkle your heart with water. I will replace your stony, stubborn heart with a heart of flesh. I will redo these things in you. And when I do that, I will replant. I will rebuild. I will, in Isaiah 61, it's saying, Man, he's here. He's going to comfort the brokenhearted. The captives are going to be freed. He's going to comfort those who mourn. He's going to give them joy. He's going to, instead of despairing, we're going to be praising. We will be planted like oak. See, he's, he's doing all this. And then it says, and then they will rebuild the ruins. And so there has to be something. I think sometimes we come to a place in our lives where we just think if I can just 
get to church and I will just feel refreshed for a second. And you do, man, coming in here and worshiping is so refreshing. But if your relationship with the Lord does not leave this building, then you're not going to be feeling very refreshed by Tuesday. I mean, some of us aren't going to be feeling very refreshed by tonight, you know, because you walk out of these doors and you know, it's waiting out there for you. Devastation, defeat, you know, all those things. And we've got, we've got to come to a place. If you really want restoration, if you really want the rewords, we've got to come to a place where we realize, realize, and recognize. I've got a whole list of rewords, so I'm just going to throw them out occasionally. That Sunday morning is not enough. And I know I'm the pastor. We, we probably shouldn't be preaching that. <laughs> but it's not enough. It's not enough. We, how, how long can we live in, in defeat and devastation and desolation and come Sunday morning and pretend like we're not? How many times? What, what is the point? You come in here, you feel refreshed, you take it home, you with Jesus, you still feel refreshed. Don't, don't make church your cheap refill. Don't make the church service your free refill. We've got to reconnect with the Lord. We've got to let him deal with our heart issues if there is any. And as that happens, restoration comes. He, he, he touches, he longs to say, oh, you're mourning. He's grieving too. I want to give you joy, the oil of gladness. Here you go. Let me touch your heart. And then when you do that, you begin to realize there's, there's stones that are being put back together and things are being rebuilt. And you know, we don't, if we don't let him touch our heart first, it's hard to build with no foundation or with lopsided foundation. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to rebuild on something that's not stable. And so I just sense him saying, man, I, I want to touch your heart. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's addiction. I don't care. I don't care about the issues. I want to touch your heart. I want to see you freed. I want to see you released from bondage. I want to, I want to see you stop being so sad. Not that grief is bad. It's good. Not when you don't deal with it. But you know, his heart is for us to, to experience these things, to say, if you're brokenhearted, he wants to comfort you. If you're just desolate, like, do you know what the word desolate means? I was not impressed. It means like, I mean, there's several definitions, but like the first one on my little phone app said to be stricken with grief, to be desolate with grief. And I said, Lord, <laughs> Can you stop talking about that? You know, and that's kind of how we do. We just don't want to deal with it. 
But the Lord does, he wants us to deal with it. And he wants to reestablish us. He wants, he wants to do that. It's time, now is the time to repossess the land that God has given us. It's time to stop living in defeat. And it's time to come to a place where we can be authentic with God, with ourselves, and with each other so we can be healed. So we can deal with our brokenness, our grief, our sorrow, our burdens, and our bondage. It's time. It's time. It may not feel that great for a little bit, but it's going to feel way better in the long run than your free refill. Because sometimes, you know what I've learned past few months? Sometimes if we can just face all that junk head on, it hurts for a little bit, and then you're like, Woo, I felt, woo, JD, I felt better than I have in a really long time because something in me is starting to be rebuilt, to be reestablished, to be rearranged, to be repaired. There's something inside of me being released and I feel way better than I have in a really, really long time. And that's way better, can I just tell you from experience, to just go ahead, take, take the couple weeks that it's hard and get you a reparation going, a restoration going. And that's going to feel way better in the long run than relying on a cheap refill on Sunday morning or on a Bible study or whatever. It's about intimacy. It's about intimacy. It's about you and it's about God. And it's about you reconnecting with him, hearing his voice, living with him every day, living in his love, abandoning yourself to his presence and his love to just live there. That's possible. It is. It's possible. It's possible to just live loved and to be excited about it. You know, Christians are supposed to be happy. Why are we the grumpiest people sometimes? Because we're staring at our defeat all the time. Just tell him, Lord, this was taken from me. Like he doesn't know. You know, and he's going, I know, and I have it right here. Reclaim it. Retake it. Let me reestablish it in your heart. And so be encouraged. Because, you know, I just really sense that. I'm not saying we're not going to face hard times this year. I mean, I, I told the Lord. God, for this year, can we just like, the words I want are like, the year of joy, (laughs) the year of satisfaction, the year of favor and provision flowing from all of our lives. You know how you tell the Lord that? I'm not saying that we're not going to face these things, but what I am saying is if right now, if we can learn to look at all the ones from last year and learn how to deal with it as healthy people, as authentic people, face it, own it, live it, then when we face it next month, we go, oh, we just deal with it. I just go to that person. I just, I just run to the Lord. I don't relocate. Let's rebuild, Lord. 
And so that's, that's part of it. It's, I'm, I, I don't want to give a false, I mean, I want it. I want a false expectation of a glorious year. Um, not really. But you know what I'm saying? I don't want to tell you, oh, life is going to be better after today. Enjoy the re-year as the Lord re-does everything in us. But what I am saying is if we can, if we can return to intimacy with our God and stay there, that will unlock the rewards no matter what D word you face. If we can stay connected, stay in intimacy, stay locked in with him, That's what we're talking about. So what I want us to do is we're going to respond. <laughs> I wrote that word down. I, I wasn't even on my list. I wrote response and I was like, aha, you're so funny, Jesus. You know, he's, you know he did this on purpose. We're going to respond. Some of you just need to reconnect. That's all. Some of you just need to reconnect with him because it's been a while. And you know, the thing about devastation, the thing about defeat, grief, sorrow, mourning, anything like that, sometimes it's just hard to connect. You know, you just feel like, it's so hard that you just don't do it. And that's okay, but it's, it's time to reconnect. So some of you just need to reconnect. Some of you might need to repent. There's another good reword. And repent is just saying, if I'm doing this, I'm going to turn away from it forever, and now I'm going to do this instead. The Lord showed me this. Maybe when you reconnect with him, he shows you one of those things, bondage, whatever my list was. So you repent for whatever that was and you just go this way from now on. You just don't go back there. You just go on. Some of you just need to respond in your heart to just say, Lord, I need this. Lord, I just need this. And I'm, I mean, I'm here. This has been happening in my, the re thing has been happening in my heart for about two weeks um, I just feel like a new person. So I'm, tell, I'm telling you this, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So we'll put on a little music. We won't prolong it. I know the lunch smells really yummy. Um, but I think I would hate to just say that and then us all leave and pretend like this was a refill. A cheap refill. Free. So if you want to just throw on some kind. Yeah. My heart's been heavy for a while, but, and our family has suffered in the last six months a whole lot. Um, I was really sick with Alexis. We had a C-section. We had a gallbladder removal six weeks later, five weeks. I don't know what it was. But then my son had an emergency appendectomy a week ago. So, um, and I felt alone and, uh, very depressed and um, 
I was sitting up at the hospital because the doctor sent me to the emergency room before I had surgery and Ashley showed up. And I didn't know she was coming. And I had to leave my five-week-old baby with my friend. Not that I didn't trust her, but she's mine. And through whatever purpose God had for the meeting that Ashley and I had, he did a lot of healing. Um, and it wasn't anything really in particular. It was just about life. So uh, what she said today is very, very true. And uh, I've seen her, I've seen you change a lot too. And uh, I'm proud to be a part of this place. Mandy, something's on the way for you guys. Keep your eyes up and look for that little teeny tiny cloud. It's coming there. There's, there's refreshing. There's restoration. There's redemption. There's repairing. This place is not forever. The desert, that starts with the E, isn't forever. (laughs) Do you have your email? I forgot it. I was going to read it. I I was going to read it as the response. Um, I didn't, well, I didn't read it. John just told me about it. Yeah. I was praying at the end of last year for a word for the church this year. And um, the only person that I actually sent what I felt like the Lord told me was to John and told him just to kind of be in prayer about it with me. But it lines up completely with what you said this morning. So I feel like it's important to share. The Lord gave this to me on December um, 30th. And um, this is what I feel like he said was the word for the church this year. The year of 2011 will be a year of re's. It will be a year of restoring things to their intended purpose, use, or plan. It will be a year of renewing the mind, body, and spirit. It will be a year of retaking of the things that the enemy has stolen. There will be a time of rebuilding the things that have been destroyed. There will be a time of repairing that which is broken, including relationships between sister and brother, father and child, friends and enemies. It will be a year of remembering promises already made and standing on those promises no matter what the world would say. There will be a realizing of who we are in the Lord as individuals, as parts of the church body, a realizing of who we have been called to be. There will be a regrouping as a body of believers. There will be a regathering of those that have wandered away and are still searching. There will be a refocus on the vision and mission that the Lord has for Living Way Church, including that of outreach and servanthood in the midst of our neighborhood and our city. Finally, there will be a recharging of our minds and our spirits as we seek the truth from God's word as a people. Mm-hmm. Was when we had our worship dinner Thursday evening, the words that came as, as Melissa anointed and prayed over me that came out of my mouth tumbling, fresh start, Jesus, fresh start, Jesus, fresh start. Fresh start was what came in the Sunday before that. He was just dealing with me with colors, you know, but, and I wrote down, Lord, I see you in the plum of the year 2011. And I was like, what? Plum, the color plum, richness, abundance, and infilling of the Holy Spirit.
anybody else. All right, we're just going to take just a minute. Oh, yes, there is one. That Undone song gets me every time. Um, (laughs) But as we were singing that, God was telling me that um, Christ has undone our shame, which I think related to what you were saying. And so, and he has returned us to the Garden of Eden naked and unashamed. And in that nakedness, we are loved. We are naked and accepted. We are naked and wanted, naked and desired, naked and protected. And we are naked and covered in the love of God. And um, I think sometimes we need to see ourselves from that place of, of God's plan in the beginning. Um, you know, that Satan destroyed. And he's returning us to that original plan of being loved and accepted and wanted. Maybe we will just respond this way. Yeah, no, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, we'll just let people share what they need to share. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, no, during the week of the fast, God gave me this scripture in Psalm 66, 16. It says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear, but certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, who has not turned away from my prayer, nor his mercy from me. And um, he, I think a reword that I would say that God has given me is remember. Because um, I was just kind of sitting, dozing off, not really thinking about God. But a memory came to me when I was like between the ages of 9 and 11. I would go to my friend's houses and just play in the front yard. And um, my dad would roll up in his work truck and roll down the window and he would say, you want to come with me? And I would just say bye to my friends and go ride with my dad and we'd be gone for hours. Um, And I never asked where we were going. It was just time to go be with my dad. And it was, it was my dad time. And I, maybe what other people would consider a boring ride. It was just me and my dad. And uh, I, That was one of those memories that kind of has been lost over time. I never even thought about that in years. And it was like the Lord just brought it up to me. And uh, I think he wanted me to remember that that's the kind of relationship he wants to have with me. And I want to encourage y'all because um, I think the Lord would be ecstatic if you just stopped what you were doing to go be with him and just go hang out with him. I'm going to pray for us. So if you will just allow this time for, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'll leave a little silence in there because I think the Lord has already brought, probably been starting speaking to you. So we don't need to take a long time. Don't draw it out. Father, how good you are. How good you are.
Father, no matter what is going on in our hearts, no matter what we get hung up on and look at and point out to not be in your presence, you see beyond that. You see us for who we are. And when we get that, it's so easy to reconnect with you. May your voice be louder than any other voice to us today and always, Father. May we, may we reconnect to hear what you're saying. Give us the boldness to go where you're leading because in the end, it really truly is good and so much better than what I can do. Thank you, Father, for releasing, for re-establishing, for rearranging, for repairing. Father, for those who have been deceived, I pray that they would recognize and realize the truth. For those who have faced destruction, Father, lead them to a place to rebuild and repair. For those who have been devastated, left in devasta devastation, begin to reestablish them, Father. For those who have been left in desolation, abandoned in a wasteland, begin to replant and bring a reviving to their hearts. This is a year where you're on the move. Let us keep our heads up and not look at defeat any longer. Let us look to you and see the cloud that's on its way. And let our hearts rejoice. Rejoice and be glad. May it be done in us today. May this be something that we take, God. We're done with free refills. Take our hearts. Deal with our heart issues and release the rewords. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stay for lunch, at least, everyone. Even if you didn't bring food, there's tons and tons of food. So you're released. If you need somebody to pray with you, um, we'll kind of stick over here. I'll be over this way because um, they're going to set up tables and stuff. It might get a little noisy, but if you've had kids, no big deal. <laughs> so if you need prayer, please come up to the front over here.